Welcome to another edition of Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, and I'm here alongside Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. Good morning this morning, Kurt. How are you today? Uh, doing great, Chad. Good morning to you. You know, I've got a confession to make. Um, okay. I'm, I'm new to radio, relatively speaking. We started this in the last week of October. Mm-hmm. So this is trial and error, learn as you go. Yeah, well, the Bible says confess your sins to one another, so just lay it out. I wouldn't say, it's not a sin. Oh, okay, okay, well, that's good. It's a screw-up, but it's not a sin (laughs) difference. All right. Let me, what's the name of our Facebook page? Solid Steps Radio. The whole thing. Say it. What do we all, why don't we ever We we say facebook.com backslash Solid Steps Radio. That's not right. I heard another podcast this week. Listen, <laughs> I heard another podcast this week, and this guy was 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 talking about his site. It's not backslash; it's forward slash. And you said backslash. backslash. That's why no one's been going to our Facebook page because we can't find it. <laughs> I just thought that was it. Bugged me now when I heard that. I've been wrong for about six weeks. Your waywardness now. has found you yes. out. Yes. So it's facebook.com forward slash solid steps radio for anybody who wants to hear if you really want to hear <laughs> any of our past episodes you go to facebook page and we have all those posted so um, anyway we got a fun show today you want to introduce our guest yeah it's great to have dave stone with us uh dave uh golly you've been my pastor for over 16 years that means I'm really old. That's what that means. <laughs> well, yes, you are. You've, you've, uh, you're, you're coming out on top just like me. I, we'd all like a head, head like Chad, you know? You mean hair. Hair. Not well, head. No, yeah, not a head. Many but, people you know, don't hair. want my head. They want hair. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and I are follically challenged, but it's yes. awesome to have you, brother. Hey, it's, it's great to be here. I'm so proud of you guys and, and the way God's using you all. And, and I think the Solid Steps Radio, I've actually listened to a couple of the broadcasts, and I think God's really using you to challenge men and women who sneak in and listen uh, all throughout Kentucky. Well, no, it's, it's a show by men for men, and we're glad to have you. Thanks. So... Uh, so, Dave, uh, uh, for our listeners, just tell us just a little bit. You've been married to Beth for how long? Been married to Beth for 30 years, and we have uh, three grown children. Uh, two of the older daughters are married, and Sam is uh, 20, and he's a junior at Liberty University. And uh, I've, I've been serving at Southeast Christian here in town on staff there for 26 years. So You are old. I am old. I feel it. You know, <laughs> you've been you, you've been you've been in ministry. Okay, so for 26 years you've been at Southeast, and then before that you were where? I worked at Cincinnati Christian University, and and did a lot of different hats there for for four years. Prior to that, uh, I had a weekend youth ministry at Shively Christian. Yeah. Uh, throughout my my college time, and then was there for for two years full time as a youth minister as well. And now that now that's where you met Beth, right? Yes, sir. I'm, I, I taught the college age class. I always like to qualify this. Absolutely. Because I was a youth minister. Okay. You know, do the math. Uh, <laughs> statue of limitations anywhere. Protection at this stage. But she was in my college age class that I taught. And uh, I really, really was interested in her. And she was a super servant, helped me out with some of the youth programs. And uh, gradually, uh, I was pretty convinced really early on you were uh, smitten i was smitten it took it took the lord a while uh to to decide okay we'll let stone have beth and uh she actually broke up with me twice and uh the second time she broke up with me was on april fool's day 
but it wasn't April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> you ever had one of those times where you just keep waiting? Okay, come uh, on. Come yes, on. it's going to be a joke. No, this yeah, is well, not it was a the joke. real deal. It was real. Was that the first time or the second time? That was the second time. Wow. Yeah, and she just wasn't certain. I'm, I'm now looking back. I'm glad that she struggled with it because she wasn't certain she could be married to a minister. And so I'm glad she went through that and worked through that uh, because there are lots of times when uh, a pastor's wife struggles with that two or three years into the marriage. Yeah. And so I'm glad that, that she worked through that and um, and God had great plans to use her. And uh, she's an awesome, awesome wife and an awesome pastor's wife. And a great partner. Yeah. Great partner. T- uh, tell us, I mean, you just had a wedding uh, yeah. recently. So Our, my, Sadie? my middle, uh, Sadie, my middle child, uh, got married to Aaron Joss and just a godly young man. Our prayers were answered with that. What a, what a great guy who has a, a passion for Christ. And right now in his job, he's a chemical engineer, so they traveled the world. We were FaceTiming with him last night, and they were telling us about how in South America, they're were praying for God to bring someone into their life, and uh, sure enough, they they met an older couple. Sadie did in a restaurant, and wow. she invited them to come back to their place. And they're committed Christians. They stumbled onto a Bible study because of them, and we'll have some great service opportunities. So it's it's neat to see how God is working in their lives in this early stage of marriage, as as they have this dependence on prayer as they start out a marriage. Hmm, that's It's kind of fun to see. Now, they went straight right after the marriage. They, they went to China, right? Yeah, when they when they left the wedding for the honeymoon, <laughs> the next time we saw them was, uh, was two and a half months later because they went straight to China from the honeymoon. Hmm. And then Germany, Philadelphia, and they're now in Cartagena. So that's... That's exciting. That's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, as a parent, when you you've tried to raise your kids to love the Lord and to use their gifts for Him, you don't know where that might take them. It, it might be Jeffersonville, Indiana. It might be Shepherdsville, Kentucky. It might be Cartagena, uh, South America, and uh, so it's just neat to see. We have a theme at the church where I serve, where we say, "Love where you are." And uh, it's good advice for all of us because we don't know who God's going to put in our path each day. You never know yeah. what God has in store. We're just we're to, we're to be ready. Well, uh, speaking of being ready, and you talk about being a, a, a you know, parenting, uh, we're going to talk about parenting today and in, within the family. Dave, I know that's a, a real passion of you. Uh, you have authored a couple books. Uh, is it how many total? Well, uh, a whole bunch total, but I mean... I've done three on parenting. Three on parenting. Yeah. Um, talk about, uh, share with us uh, just where, where that heart and passion came from. Yeah, I was raised in a very godly home, and so I saw really good examples in my mom and my dad. And uh, I, I think that, that the power of parenting is sometimes underestimated for the good that can take place. You know, our, our greatest legacy... Uh, we have a, a lot of kids between us uh, in, in this room. And if you think, we have over 10 kids uh, right here uh, in this room. Our greatest legacy may be uh, not something that we accomplish, but it might be who we raise yeah. and what it is that they do mm-hmm. and how they flesh out the gospel. So I, I think what got me excited about parenting was the fact that I married a gal whose sole desire in life was to be a mom. And she really saw that as a calling. Um, she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. 
that meant uh, living in a really tiny house for the first 10 years of our marriage. That meant saying no to a lot of things that a lot of other people were saying yes to uh, because she felt like that was really important to her. And I kind of caught that spirit of how critical it is to pour into these kids. And, you know, Deuteronomy 6, one of my favorite passages, talks about how we're supposed to constantly be teaching our kids. It says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. So in other words, uh, parenting is not something that accidentally happens. We're not going to spiritually pass the baton of faith uh, just by accident or haphazardly. We have to be intentional about it. We've got to be focused. We've got to be intentional. We've got to prioritize. Yeah. So, so uh, Dave, talk a little bit about, um, how, how, you know, how do we do that? There's, uh, there's certain times that we, we can be strategic and intentional with our, our, you know, our parenting with our kids. That's a great that's a great comment and question because I think there are times that all of us as dads we have available to us, but we don't always leverage them. Uh, there's there's three times of the day when I think every every mom and dad have to lean in with their kids, and I think if we're not careful we miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, first one is travel time, and by that I'm talking about taking them to school. Uh, being the shuttle service, picking them up from ball practice, taking them to their rehearsal, whatever it might be. But you have that time in the car. And there's a temptation just to allow them to go straight to their phone if they're a little bit older or uh, just to listen to music and not engage. But that's a great teaching time. It also is a time when you can find out kind of what's going on in their life. Uh, Beth used to, I would take the kids in the morning and, uh, you know, and she would pick up our kids and some neighborhood kids in the afternoon and she had a candy jar in the car when she'd pick them up from from school and she would always i would say is they would leverage your oh exactly you know <laughs> we're not a healthy family but uh, but you're a close family but we serve a lot you know uh, so what would happen is as they get out of the car i'd say if you find somebody to serve today you know who are you going to serve and then when beth would pick them up her question was okay i want to know how you serve somebody today and well, this person was sitting alone in the lunchroom, so you know I sat next to him, or, or this person at recess, you know whatever it might be, and then they get a piece of candy, you know. Uh, but but use that travel time in order to, to really teach them some things that they could be doing. And every parent who's listening right now knows that each of their kids are at different stages, and so you're working on different things, you know. Um, so make certain that you take advantage in, in those those teaching times and travel. Second time I think that we overlook is during mealtime. Mm. You know, uh, there was a huge study that was done um, of uh, kids that were in National Honor Society. What was the common thread? Mm. Also of those who were successful in sports. And the common thread was this, that they ate dinner as a family at least five nights a week. Mm. Now, that gets really tough when you have a 17-year-old and you have a 14-year-old. It's a lot more manageable when you have uh, an 8-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a a 3-year-old. Right. But you have to leverage those times. And so maybe you play games like uh, high-low when you're at the meal and say, okay, everybody go around and what was your highest point of the day today? What was your lowest point of the day? And it gives you a peek into what's going on in their life. But just as this Deuteronomy passage talks about, when you sit down... That's a time that we have to leverage and and take advantage of. I'll tell you what, I want to hear more about that on the other side of this break, because when people hear about having dinner together, 
that's hard to do. What do you do during that dinner time? So let's take a break. We're going to be back here in a minute talking to Dave about leveraging your time with your kids on WFIA Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. We appreciate you listening. And uh, we also want to give thanks for our sponsor, Carol Rogers One, Mr. Ken Martin and his crew over there at Carol Rogers One for all your carpeting, flooring needs. We thank them for stepping up and being a sponsor and they are making this show possible and so when you hear a podcast on our solid steps uh, page on facebook you can hear a podcast of any of our past shows they help make that uh, possible so we are thankful for ken so for those of you just joining we had dave stone in studio and dave was talking about has been talking about three things to help leverage uh, time as fathers we can do with our children the first thing was uh, spending some time, travel time, when you're taking them to the back and forth to school and the practices. And then we had to cut them off in this past break on meal time. So, Dave, I, I, that's a big deal. I'd love to hear more about meal time, what that looks like. Yeah, if you just joined us, there's an incredible value that takes place when families have, have meal time together. And it, I'm mostly talking about dinner time, but a lot can be accomplished in breakfast before, before they head off to school or whatever it might be. Uh, the studies that have been done are incredible in in their findings there was a, a harvard graduate that followed 60 families around and they found that families that ate together uh, ate the dinner time together five times a week uh, the child was 10 times less likely to become obese four times less likely to experiment with marijuana two times less likely uh, to experiment with alcohol hmm. Now, you say that that has nothing to do from a spiritual perspective, because I haven't even talked about what's accomplished at the table. They're just, they're just eating together. Exactly. That's just the security side of knowing mm. I'm in a loving family where we spend time together. And it's difficult. Um, Chad, you and I were, were talking off mic about how difficult it is with, with younger kids. And so uh, my wife, Beth, would say, okay, you, you've got to sit at the table without getting up for X amount of time that matched up with the age of the child. And uh, as they got older, when they could sit through an entire meal, uh, you would, she would say things like this. Well, you know, we're going to be here for 40 minutes, so uh, don't ask to be excused. Or when someone would ask to be excused after a certain amount of time, uh, we would say, well, why, why would we let you go? You've expressed no interest in any other family member. All you've done has been in your own world. So when you can show us that you actually care about one another, um, but our meal times, it was fun. Oh yeah. You know, I, I was writing a book one time on parenting and I, I text messaged all my kids and I said, describe our meal times in three words. And every one of them had some component of joy or fun or laughter. laughter. Uh, I remember Sam one time, the way you, uh, you can't punish every kid this way, but he was acting up doing something at the table. Well, we sent him up to his room and uh, we got laughing, telling stories, and all he could hear was the laughter. <laughs> and I mean, that was worse than any he's, spanking, he's missing all any of that. timeouts. Did any... you fake some of that laughter? Okay, make oh, it yeah. really good when he hears it. And swell it now, and good. Crescendo. Bam. So I, I think that mealtime is something that we overlook, but that's a great time. We used to have 
goofy questions and you pull it out, you know, mm-hmm. and you read it. Okay, this question's for you, Sadie. Um, there's a party going on at your school and all the kids are drinking and they're looking at you and saying, why don't you drink with us? What are you going to say to them? You know, and they've got to process this in their mind. Now, this works until they're about 12 years of age. And, <laughs> you know, after one hits 12 or 13, they constantly go the other direction and say, yeah, have a beer, drink whatever you want, you know, and <laughs> just to mess with mom and dad's mind, you know. So you, there comes a point where you have to stop it if you got a smart You, you, you have to have different questions. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the last time that I think we need to leverage is bedtime. And this may be the most overlooked one because you're tired as a dad, you've had a long day at work, and the last thing you want to do is to go spend you know 10 minutes with each kid and uh you're you're exhausted you want to watch that game whatever it might be you want to handle the mail and so i I think that even if it's a divide and conquer where you take turns uh if if the dad is married uh on putting the kids to bed there's something that happens there's a routine and our experience has been when they are in the safety and security of their own bed the lights are out that's their own little world. Mm-hmm. And so they will open up to you in ways that they would never open up to you in a meal time or during travel time. And so that's the time to try to say, hey, tell me, what, what, what's going on at school? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who's your closest friend there? Or are, are you having a hard time with one of the teachers? Or, uh, you know, I was bullied some when I was a kid. Is any, uh, you ever experienced something like that? And it's in those moments when they give you a peek into their heart. Yeah. It's also those times when you have the opportunity to really forecast what their future can be. Um, my, my mom passed away uh, about four weeks ago. And one of my greatest memories of my mom is as a child, each night her coming in and praying with me and her, her saying the same phrase many times in prayer. She would say, oh, dear Lord, I cannot wait to see how you're going to use Dave for your glory. Mm. And so... Made kind of an impression, right? Exactly. (laughs) As a youngster, I didn't fall asleep wondering if God could use me. Instead, I fell asleep wondering how he might use me. And that's a great thought for a kid to have as they fall asleep. Mm. Dads, if you're listening right now, as you're listening right now, that's a great, great Mm. speak life the Bible says that we have the, the power, the words that we have are powers of life or power, words of death. And the, yeah. the more words of life that we can speak into our kids, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. Dave, so you, you talk about the, these, um, these three times, uh, travel time, meal time, bedtime. Uh, talk with us a little bit about in conversation, you know, when we blow it as a dad. Hmm. And um, how, how should we handle that? Uh, because yeah, and, we, and we, we are because going to. We all, we all. You know, the Bible says all have sinned and um, fallen short of the glory of God. So, yeah. How, how 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 do we handle that with our kids? Well, the fact that we're going to blow it as a parent uh, is is really encouraging to me because <laughs> I've done it so many times. I, I always like to tell people, you know, when it comes to our parenting, God is much more concerned with our direction than He is our perfection. Uh, there are no perfect parents, and there's no perfect children. And, and so we're all going to make mistakes. And so the question is, which direction are we heading? And how are we modeling for them uh, a behavior that will transfer in the relationship with their Heavenly Father? You know, I talked to a lot of people who 
have kind of gotten out of kilter because when they hear that God's a heavenly father, uh, that kind of causes them to pull back because they didn't have a good relationship with their heavenly father. So what I want to do when I screw up and make mistakes with regularity as a parent, I, I want my kids to hear it from me. Uh, so that means that, that maybe some of the most impacting times I've had as a dad were the times when my child was asleep and gone on to bed or uh, they're up in their room sulking because they're mad at something that I did. <laughs> and I walk up those steps, knock at the door. I don't want to talk to you now. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk to you. I really don't want to talk to you now, Dad. Well, I, I I just hope you'll hear me out, okay? Can I come in just for a minute and you don't have to say anything? Will you just listen? Well, the door opens up and, you know, um, I sit down with them and I, I have to model for them what confession looks like. And if I don't model it for them, then they'll never pick it up. And so I'm going to say... Uh, I just want you to know what I said downstairs uh, to mom. I should not have talked to her that way. Or uh, here's a real life one um, at a Bible study with uh, that Sam was at with a bunch of guys that he really looked up to. I said, I want you to know I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean to embarrass you and in front of all those guys that you look up to. I shouldn't have said what I did. I joked about he and a girl. Uh, and that's not what you do with an 11-year-old kid. Oh, oh, goodness. And they all laughed. and uh, He was humiliated. Sam had his head buried in a pillow, and his next words were just what you said, Kurt. He said, uh, they all laughed at me. And I said, yeah. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I took the joke, and I took the laugh, and I took it. I put a higher pr- premium on that than I did on my relationship with you, and I'm sorry. And I said, will you forgive me? And I'll try not to do that again. And my experience has been that kids will forgive. They will. uh, We're teaching them how we should go before our Heavenly Father. And and that's what we're trying to model for them. We're going to take a break. I, I want to unpack that just a little bit more because I think, guys, we can we can struggle with th- this whole area of uh, owning our own junk. And um, so we'll take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks for listening. 